It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Well, today I have to start with the lawlessness in our own country. With the politicization and criminalization of the legal process, depending on who you are. And we'll get to these other subjects as well, but I need to get to this first. Because if I don't explain it, nobody else will. Not that they don't try, but it's just the way it is. Here's a headline, ladies and gentlemen. In USA Today. Department of Justice seeks 131 more prosecutions for January 6th cases as investigation of Capitol riot continues. Part of their budget proposal unveiled on Monday, writes Kevin Johnson. You know, ladies and gentlemen, our investigators and our prosecutors have a lot of time on their hands. Rather than investigating criminals at the federal level rather than investigating terrorists at the federal level rather than looking into the cartels who are bringing fentanyl into this country killed 110,000 people last year many of them young people rather than dealing with MS-13 and the and the murder rates going over in this country record numbers And the list goes on of what the FBI is not doing. They continue to investigate people, for the most part, who are parading on public lands, hence trespassing, for which they are forced to go in front of a federal judge who sits there in a black robe, stares down at them from the bench, and demands... That unless they want to serve long sentences in a federal gulag, that they confess, they confess to their political failures, to their, the fact that they endorsed Donald Trump, the fact that they had questions about this election. We've never seen anything like this in American history, nothing like this. And of course... This is where the culture is. This is where the media are. This is where the Democrat Party are. The same, the same elements in this society. We have never seen people treated like this. Never. Well, that's not true, is it? That's not true. People in the civil rights movement were treated like this. I know people will take that out of context. doesn't much matter. And yet this is how these people are treated. Now again, to emphasize for the goons over at Media Matters and the clowns over at Mediate, nobody supports violence against police officers or the Capitol building or members of Congress unless you're on the left. The Weather Underground, the Black Panthers, Antifa, you know, the Marxist left. I don't. 
The Justice Department is seeking 131 more attorneys to pursue prosecutions streaming from the sprawling investigation into the deadly capital attack, signaling no immediate end to one of the largest criminal inquiries in U.S. history. This is Kevin Johnson, low IQ, left-wing goon, in my view. Deadly capital attack. They shot a female, a veteran, dead, who committed no act of violence, who broke nothing, who attacked nobody. That's the death that occurred on that day. Subsequent heart attacks or strokes or what have you, they lump those in. But of course they don't when they're counting the dead when it comes to Black Lives Matter or Antifa, do they? The request for additional personnel was part of Justice's $37.7 billion 2023 budget proposal Unveiled Monday by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. She is a left-wing hack. She effectively is running the Department of Injustice because Meritless Garland is another head case. He's another one on a slippery slope, if you get my drift. Regardless of whatever resources we see or get, let's be very, very clear. We're going to hold those perpetrators accountable, no matter where the facts lead us, no matter what level. Monaco said, wow, she's strong. She, excuse me, it. More than 775 people have been charged so far in connection with the attack. Everybody was not involved in the attack. As I said, many have been charged with minor misdemeanors like trespassing and parading. Though justice has repeatedly declined to comment on whether the investigation includes the conduct of former President Donald Trump, his advisors, or other members of the administration inciting the assault on seeking to overturn the 2020 election. Now, this is where Kevin Johnson and USA Today come down. No doubt their fingernails are full of dirt from the Russia collusion lies that they were involved in. But now it's Trump. Trump's that target, ladies and gentlemen. Trump. But first, we've got to get the family and the friends around Trump. First, we've got to get more, more scalps, more contempt, criminal contempt, preferably. This from Breitbart today, from our buddy Joel Pollack, actually yesterday, doesn't matter, The January 6th committee voted to recommend Monday that former White House communications official Dan Scavino be held in criminal contempt of Congress based on false claims by the committee that Scavino refused to comply with it. This guy is a great guy, Scavino. A nice guy. Wouldn't harm a a kitten. Wouldn't jaywalk. He has applied... The last several years of his life to assisting President Trump. But he's, you see, in the quote-unquote inner circle. So he needs to be taken down. Correspondence revealed, excuse me, correspondence reviewed by Breitbart News indicates clearly that Scavino's attorneys informed the committee he was willing to cooperate but was concerned about violating executive privilege and the unclear scope of requested testimony. 
These are two separate issues, neither of which the committee addressed in the contempt report that was the basis for the Monday evening vote. Though the courts have ruled against former President Trump's assertion of privilege over some documents held by the National Archives, they have not ruled on whether executive privilege would also be invalid regarding Scavino's requested testimony, for example, about verbal communications he may have had with the former president of the United States. The Democrats will rue the day. They will rue the day because one day one of their boys or girls will be in the dock. These Democrat judges, like Judge Jackson, I might add, they will rue the day that they have destroyed separation of powers. They will rue the day that they have empowered a rogue committee of Congress which is not bipartisan, might be bisexual in the case of Swalwell, I'm not sure, but it's definitely not bipartisan, is the plaything of Joseph Stalin's, well, Nancy Pelosi. They look very similar in the right light, if you ask me, but that's just my opinion. Moreover, Scavino's attorneys pointed out to the committee, the scope of the committee's request for testimony was both vague and ever-expanding, the contempt report claims that it identified specific topics for Scavino to address, but as a letter from his lawyers noted February 8th, the committee also told Scavino's attorneys that, quote, that the committee reserves the right to question Mr. Scavino about other topics, creating the possibility that other executive privilege claims could arise during testimony. The contempt report does not address the question of whether there would be any limit to the inquiry. Instead, it makes unsubstantiated and to any Reddit user laughable claims that Scavino, quote, may have had advance warning about the potential for violence on January 6th, unquote, because he once followed R. The Donald, a now defunct Reddit forum with close to a million users, a few of whom posted alarming comments on a successor site called The Donald. When months and perhaps years later. In a statement Monday night, committee chair representative Bernie Bernie Hall Thompson, Bernie Hill Thompson, claimed that Scavino strung us along for months before making it clear that he believes he's above the law. In fact, it was the committee itself that was responsible for a delay of months. As the contempt report makes clear, the committee did not attempt to write to Scavino between December 9 and February 4 for two months. Despite receiving a response from Scavino's attorneys, to the December 9 letter on December 13. Let's see if there's an honest judge left in Washington, D.C. Let's see if there's an honest district court left in Washington, D.C. I say there's not. The contempt report also falsely claims that Scavino refused to comply with the select committee subpoena in any way, though the correspondence referred to by the report itself reveals Scavino's attorney said he would comply once he had... Once he knew the scope of the inquiry and had clarity about the extent to which executive privilege would cover his testimony. The partisan committee, perhaps fearing the upcoming midterm elections, appears to have rushed to find Scavino in attempt. Yes, Pelosi appointed both the Democrats and the Republicans to committee. We will have Liz Cheney's Republican primary challenger on this program in hour three. Please don't miss it. Harriet Hegman, she will be on the program. We want to give her our full support. We want her to crush Dizzy Liz Cheney. 
Kingsinger, I think, is still walking into the walls. Now, Cheney and Kingsinger are known for their hostility toward Trump. The result is that witnesses at closed-door depositions before the committee are not questioned by two opposing sides, but by attorneys who are all on the same side. And legal challenges claim the subpoenas issued by the committee are invalid because the enabling resolution requires they be approved in consultation with the ranking member. There is no ranking member. Pelosi appointed the Republicans. The committee also voted to recommend that former Trump trade official Peter Navarro be held in contempt. Already Congress has voted to recommend former Trump advisor Bannon, former White House Chief of Staff Meadows, for prosecution by the department. The Justice Department has historically ignored such referrals because they view them as politically oriented. Notably, when Republicans referred Eric Holder, remember that? Jerk. And IRS official Lois Lerner for contempt. They ignored them. They charged Bannon. Navarro has said candidly in interviews that the plan among Trump loyalists was to use a peaceful protest at the Capitol to pressure Congress and Vice President Mike Pence to reject the certification of the Electoral College votes. Well, that's perfectly legal. As I said yesterday. As I said yesterday. If it's not perfectly legal, the members of Congress who objected to certain electoral votes and electors in 2000, when George Weasel Bush, I mean George W. Bush, sought the presidency, or thereafter, 2016, when Donald J. Trump sought the presidency, all of those people should be charged with crimes. Contrary to the claims of the January 6th committee, Navarro has said that the violence that erupted interfered with the plan. In fact, ensured its failure. I got a lot more. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. There's more. You can see this building. As this committee leaks, it's the same Department of Justice that went after Republican legislatures over abortion and over voting laws. The same Department of Justice that went over, uh, after parents across this country for daring to raise concerns about what their children are being taught peacefully protesting, rounding up more and more citizens, if you will. 
CBS News, so you can see the leaking that's taking place, right? You can see the leaking that's taking place. You can see the setups that are occurring. Here we go again, and we have to fight this. And, of course, the media are repeating and regurgitating what CBS News has said. White House records turned over to House show seven-hour gap in Trump phone log on January 6th. Internal White House records from the day of the attack on the U.S. Capitol that were turned over to the House Select Committee show a gap in President Donald Trump's phone logs of seven hours and 37 minutes, including the period when the building was being violently assaulted, according to documents obtained by CBS Chief Election and Campaign Correspondent Robert Costa. So it's leaked to Costa. And the Washington Post Associate Editor Bob Woodward. So it's leaked to Woodward. Lack of an official White House notation of any calls placed to or by Trump for 457 minutes. They give you that just so you can really, they can underscore their attack. From 11.17 a.m. to 6.54 p.m. on January 6, 2021 means there's no record of the calls made by Trump as his supporters descended on the U.S. Capitol. Battled overwhelmed police and forcibly entered the building, prompting lawmakers and Vice President Pence to flee for their safety. This is how CBS reports this. Now, for part of the time, at least, Mr. Producer, wasn't Donald Trump giving a speech? So, for part of the time, presumably when he's going from the White House, giving a speech, greeting people, going back to the White House, it's very conceivable his phone wasn't even turned on. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, nobody's had an opportunity to respond to anything, to any of this. Nobody. It's all one-sided. It's all being leaked. It's all intended to persuade you through the, the corrupt media. This is very, very important to understand. Just like they pushed everybody to rush to judgment on Russia collusion to even launch a criminal investigation this is what they want to do again listen to me i know this stuff i know what they're doing i'm laying it out i'm laying it out this is what they're doing the 11 pages of records so it's handed them by this committee this is one of the reasons a lot of people are concerned about cooperating with this committee it's like handing your own henchmen information to send you to the guillotine. This is more of the French Revolution. The 11 pages of records, which consist of the president's official daily diary and the White House switchboard call log, were turned over by the National Archives earlier this year to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. The records show that Trump was active on the phone for part of the day, documenting conversations he had with at least eight people in the morning and 11 people that evening. The gap also stands in stark contrast to the extensive public reporting about phone conversations he had with allies during the attack. The House panel is now investigating whether Trump communicated that day through back channels. Phones of aides are personal disposable phones known as burner phones. Donald Trump, I wouldn't think, even knows what a burner phone is. What the hell is one? One of those throwaway phones? So what did he do? Go to a CVS and buy throwaway phones? Is that what the president did? Just think about the stupidity of this report. According to two people with knowledge of the probe, who, like others interviewed for this report, spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss sensitive information. In other words, 
committee members and staff. The committee is also scrutinizing whether it received the full log from that day. Well, that wouldn't be determined by Trump. That would be determined by the National Archives. The records show former White House Chief Strategist Stephen K. Bannon, who said on his January 5 podcast that all hell is going to break loose tomorrow, spoke with Trump twice on January 6th. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? That could have been any time on January 6th. So you see how the game is played? And what if the president did use his private phone? I think he was known to use his private phone. We know Obama used his private phone. We know Hillary used her private phone. We know nothing ever happened to them, whether it was Benghazi, whether it was Hillary destroying emails, anything of the sort. But it goes on. We're not done. Now you know why I started with this. Mark down this date, Mr. Producer. Mark down this broadcast. D-N-Y-U-Z. The hell does that stand for? It must be Democrat something or other. New York University, I guess. Federal prosecutors and congressional investigators have gathered growing evidence. Hear that? Federal prosecutors and congressional investigators have gathered growing evidence of how a tweet by President Trump less than three weeks before January 6, 2021, served as a crucial call to action for extremist groups that played a central role in storming the Capitol. In other words, a public tweet where almost 90 million of Trump's followers and the whole world could read it was a secret message, Mr. Producer, to extremist groups. What was the tweet? Mr. Trump's Twitter post in the early hours of December 19, 2020, was the first time he publicly urged supporters to come to Washington on the day Congress was scheduled to certify the Electoral College results, showing Joseph R. Biden Jr. as the winner of the presidential vote. But Joseph R. Biden Jr., a.k.a. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., was not elected president until the electors decided. That's the point. Anyway, what's this message? The secret message is message which concluded with, quote, be there, will be wild, unquote, has long been seen as instrumental in drawing the crowds that attended a pro-Trump rally on the eclipse on January 6th and then marched to the Capitol. Be there, will be wild. What about where he said, be peaceful, Mr. Producer, when they were there? This is your corrupt media, but the Justice Department criminal investigation of the riot and the parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee and this is effectively a confession that the media know, and I know, now you know what's going on. The parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee. I am making the claim right now that criminal investigators at the Department of Justice are working with the House Select Committee to get information they could not otherwise get, that is the Department of Justice, through our constitutional system but the House can get as surrogates for the criminal investigators at the Department of Justice without going through the usual criminal processes. That is exactly what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first, and more importantly, you heard it here, period, because I'm telling you what's taking place. I would urge the backbenchers to start to pay attention to this. But the Justice Department's criminal investigation of the riot 
and the parallel inquiry by the House Select Committee. And it also explains why people subpoenaed to testify and provide information to the House don't want to do it. Or if they do, they claim the Fifth Amendment because they know that they're working together. Have increasingly shown how Mr. Trump's post was a powerful catalyst, particularly for far-right militants who believed he was facing his final chance to reverse defeat and whose role in fomenting the violence has come under intense scrutiny. He didn't foment any violence. They can't even tell you, Helen. Is this the best they can do? Be there will be wild? That's now code words for, come, let's riot. Let's have an insurrection and overthrow the Congress. Unbelievable. Extremist groups almost immediately celebrated Mr. Trump's Twitter message, which they widely interpreted as an invitation to descend on the city in force. Uh, I don't think they needed an invitation to do that. Responding to the president's words, the group sprang into action. Court filings and interviews by the House Committee show. You can see how the House Committee is putting together the narrative, feeding it to the media, and feeding it to the Department of Justice to put pressure on them. Extremists began to set up encrypted communications channels, acquire protective gear, and in one case, prepare heavily armed quick reaction forces to be staged outside the White House because they got the message from the president who sent it out to the whole world on Twitter. Be there. We'll be wild, you see. Even though when there he said, be peaceful. Even though he offered the National Guard to Pelosi. No, no, none of that's in the story. They also began to whip up their members with a drumpy Opelagos language. Well, you were getting closer to January 6th. It wasn't that Trump was whipping up anybody, and he's free to speak out about the election. And it's becoming more and more apparent that there were severe problems in this election. I mean, you have a billionaire that pours over $400 million into the election effectively to control precincts in heavy Democrat areas. That seems to me to be very important. Prosecutors have included examples in at least five criminal cases of extremists reacting within days, often hours, to Mr. Trump's post. That proves nothing. One of those who responded to the post was Guy Wesley Reffitt, an oil field worker from Texas, who this month became the first January 6th defendant to be convicted at trial. Within a day of Mr. Trump's Twitter post, he was talking about it on a private group chat with other members of the far-right militia organization, the Texas Three Percenters. Well, that proves it. That proves that Trump got the secret message out publicly. Our president will need us, all of us. On January 6th, Mr. Redero, we the people owe him that debt. He sacrificed for us and we must pay that debt. And this is Trump, you see. And this article goes on and on and on. And this is the precursor to what the committee will write and what the Department of Justice will do. This is quintessential Stalinism and abuse of power. And the media will support every syllable of it. Why? Because they're corrupt. They're the Pravda and Tosk of America. We don't have a free press. We have propagandists, advocates, morons, 
pukes. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. The media try to pound conformity and uniformity into our minds and into this society day in and day out. Day in and day out. It is a fait accompli, you see, that in 2016, the Russians elected Donald Trump. Except all the evidence now demonstrates that was a lie. And that elements within our federal law enforcement at the FBI, intelligence agencies, the DNC, the Hillary campaign, Perkins Coie law firm, and yes, the Obama-Biden White House set it up. It was the worst setup, the worst abuse of power in modern American history, except abuses that were to come later. And so it is that the 2016 election of Donald Trump was illegitimate. And for you never-Trumpers, they said the 2000 election of George W. Bush was illegitimate. Because the court stepped in. But in 2020, the election of Biden was great because the court didn't step in. And yet we had case after case after case of fraud, 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 and more fraud. Case after case where the laws were unconstitutionally changed under our federal constitution by governors, by state courts, by state supreme courts, by boards of elections, by secretaries of state. It was a plan. It was a plot. It went on for four years prior to 2020. But you're not allowed to talk about it. Trump, they say, is a liar. Trump is wrong. They never said that about Russia collusion, that the Democrats are liars. That Hillary Clinton's a liar. That these senior FBI personnel, former CIA director, former DNI, that they were liars. You don't even hear that today. And yet they were liars, every damn one of them. But you're not allowed to talk about 2020, folks. And the media have their narrative, just as they have the narrative about January 6th. They never, ever talk about the summer of 2020 and the burning of our cities and the, and the murders and the mayhem and the attacks on our cops. There's no anniversary to remember that. There's no documentary about that. There's no congressional committee putting together a fancy, slick film. Nothing. Nothing. It's unbelievable when you think about it. And now we have a nominee to the United States Supreme Court who cannot possibly be faithful to the Constitution. Do you hear me, Joy Reid? All the freaks and fruitcakes and fools you bring onto your show, do you hear me, Media Matters? 
you front group? Do people hear me? She's incapable of doing her job as a Supreme Court justice. If you believe in critical race theory, if you believe this nation was founded illegitimately, if you believe in systemic white-dominant racism, if you believe in the 1619 Project, then you cannot possibly believe in the Constitution of the United States where you take an oath to uphold it. It means nothing to you. And I predicted to you a few days back that Joe Manchin would vote for her. There's only so much pressure this guy can take. And he's not that bright. I'm glad he votes with us when he does. That said, you knew he was going to buckle to this. You know cinema is going to do the same thing. You know it. He says he, he watched, he spoke to her, she was pretty good, he, he listened to what she said, and he was convinced. And what exactly, Joe Manchin, did she say that was convincing? The reason she would not define what a woman is isn't because she doesn't know. One of the reasons she was chosen is because she's a woman. So said Joe Biden. The reason is because she intends to rule when the time comes on behalf of the transgender radicals. She intends to rule against women's sports. That's what she intends to do. And she was playing to the Democrat Party base. The reason she played rope-a-dope and acted stupid when it came to critical race theory, which she knows quite well, which she raised on numerous occasions in various forum, was because she knew that would upset people, but she, she believes in it. She embraces it. And so when cases come to the United States Supreme Court out of one school district or another, related to critical race theory, or related to transgenderism. She is an absolute certain 100% vote in support of both radical American Marxist ideologies. That's what's going on. And there's questions of whether Republican Senator Collins and Republican Senator Murkowski and Republican Senator Romney will vote for or against her. And Romney was very upset. He said the Republicans, his fellow Republicans, were nasty. I believe he spoke those very words to the Washington Post, his now new friends. She's not fit to be on the Supreme Court, not because of her color, not because of her genitalia, but... As they tell us to focus, what's between her ears? It doesn't matter how smart she is. It doesn't matter that she's been a lower federal judge. It doesn't matter that she went to Harvard. She's an ideologue. She's a happy warrior. She's a pleasant warrior. But she's a warrior, nonetheless. What about those 48,000 pages of information? Related to her time with the Sentencing Commission. Why won't they release it? They're busy releasing Trump's taxes. They even go to court after he's president of the United States. Why not? They're leaking Ginny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Thank God he's okay. I, I see he's, he's been released from the hospital. Leaking her texts 
But no, 48,000 pages of Judge Jackson's. Obviously, that's way over the top. And then we get the media. MSNBC, a front group for American Marxism. CNN, a front group for perverts, pukes, and punks. That's right. You're not allowed to ask questions. And the smarter the people asking the questions, and the more aggressive they are, the more they're attacked. The more they're attacked. Nobody looked at her high school record. Nobody looked at her high school picture albums. We don't even know if people came forward and had things to say about anything in her past. You and I well know that they would be destroyed. Brett Kavanaugh afterwards, I mean, after all, is a white guy. He's got, he's got white guy syndrome. Anything goes. Well, the truth is, if he were a black guy, anything would go. The issue here isn't black, white. The issue here isn't male, female. The issue here isn't that this is a historic nomination. The issue here is that she's a radical. That's why they circle the wagons, and that's why you're not allowed to pierce the veil. That's what it's all about. If you're a radical, you're in like Flynn. Not General Flynn, but you get the point. And so that's what now these these hearings have become. If you're a constitutionalist, you're said to be a racist. You're said to believe in a white dominant, white systemic discriminatory society. Even if you're not white, doesn't matter. Your mind, your brain has been imperialized, colonized. You're a sellout. If you're a woman and you're a woman of faith, and you're a woman who doesn't buy into all these American Marxist ideologies, then it doesn't matter what's between your ears or between your legs or between anything. You're unacceptable. Period. Unacceptable. And it's not just on the Supreme Court of the United States. It's becoming a problem throughout society. If you're a professor or a teacher, if you work at Disney, if you work in broadcasting even, No, I'm not attacking my company, Media Matters, you clowns. But it's happening throughout the culture. Throughout the culture. Rabid discrimination and racism on behalf of an ideology. That's what's taking place now. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The law is being destroyed, ladies and gentlemen, despite its assertion by the people who are destroying it. Just like the people who are destroying the Constitution use the Constitution to destroy it. The people who are destroying our liberty use liberty to destroy it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about if you want a confirmation hearing that is going to go 
really, without any bumps, without any quote-unquote controversy, without media attacks, without personal assaults, then you nominate somebody like Judge Jackson or Sotomayor or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You get the point. Or you nominate somebody like Breyer. In other words, activists. And the more radical the activists, the smoother the path. The newspaper in Washington, D.C. that covers all of this and other news outlets mimic because they're lazy and they're choir girls and choir boys. They all sing and act and dance together. Is the Washington Post. The Washington Post is corrupt. It's intellectually dishonest. The New York Times, corrupt, intellectually dishonest. So, basic questions, nothing offensive, nothing aggressive, is turned into an assault with racial overtones in questioning Judge Jackson. The Democrats and the media work hand in glove. This is the game. And unfortunately, too many Republicans are scared of this. Like Collins, like Romney, Murkowski, even McConnell just announced he's going to vote against her. Should have led the effort against her and explained it to the American people from day one. There's nothing secret about her record, even though they keep covering up documents. The American Bar Association is the plaything of the Democrat Party and the American Marxist movement. They're the ones who've been allowed to determine whether individuals are qualified to serve on the bench. If you're a lawyer and you dare to have an association with Donald Trump, the Trump campaign, even though you conduct yourself in the most ethical manner, you now could face the loss of your license. If you dare to interpret the Constitution in a way that is ambiguous or different from those who demand that you come up with the same conclusion and same result as them, you now have the possibility of being branded a kook and losing your law license and having your career destroyed. And not just by the ABA, by Congress, the January 6th Committee. And the law itself, people who paraded and trespassed, quote-unquote, many of whom are still in the gulag in Washington, D.C., that's what it is. Let's be honest with each other. I'm not talking about violent rioters. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. They're treated completely differently by the media, by federal and state prosecutors, than rioters in the summer of 2020, who were said to be righteous, were said to be taking on the white supremacist society, taking on systemically racist police officers who are apparently systemically racist, unless and until they're protecting Capitol Hill. Then they're great patriots, you see. The law is being destroyed. The court system is being destroyed. Due process is being destroyed. And then they want to pack the courts. They want to destroy separation of power. They want to push critical race theory. They want to push transgender movement activities. They want to push this and push that. They want it all enshrined in our schools. 
enshrined in our entertainment, enshrined in our courts, enshrined in our law. So it won't matter if parents go to school board meetings and object. It won't matter who you vote for. This is what they want to create, that kind of a society. It won't matter if you go to church or mosque or a synagogue and one thing is taught to you, but another is imposed on you by the culture, by the civil society. It won't matter. This nominee is unqualified to serve on the court because of her radical ideology. She's not fooling anybody, and neither are surrogates in the media, in the Democrat Party, and elsewhere. Not one whit. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the battles over Kavanaugh and Barrett were pointless. They were useless nominations, despite the advice that President Trump got from the Federalist Society, among others. Utterly and completely useless nominations. Only three justices today, in a non-opinion order, sided with the Department of Navy against unvaccinated SEALs compelling their vaccination or their removal. Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. Kavanaugh and Barrett and Roberts voted with the radicals. So they keep talking about this six, three, this, uh, these six conservatives on the court. There are no six conservatives. That is originalists on the court. Three justices. And they will replace their briar with a radical. And Barrett, Kavanaugh, more times than not, will vote with her too. They're sort of the Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski of the United States Supreme Court. They are a disaster. What happened to Coney Barrett? Despite her writings... Despite her recent past, celebrated as an originalist, she has been an utter and complete disaster. A complete disaster. Oh, she'll throw an opinion here or there, I bet. But overall, truly, you could put a robot in there to vote the way she votes. Just keep voting with, uh, with Breyer. Just keep voting with a majority. Really, it's just shameless how these people position themselves and then get on the court. Just like Jackson. Shameless. She's an originalist. Are you kidding me? Originalist, what document would that be? I got to keep moving. Three hours is not a long time. Not for me. I want you to listen to this carefully, and then I want to respond to this. Because the media, including many of my friends in the media, are being sucked into this. Particularly others who are not necessarily my friends, but are part of the Putin wing of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. I want you to listen to this carefully. Cut nine, go. We also secured really exciting, also here in Bronx, 
about $800,000, almost a million dollars, for the first premium deal project in the United States. Is this top nine, Mr. Producer? My cut nine here is about food shortages. Am I looking at something that's old? Okay, then let me read it. I think I am, maybe. Can you say whether the conversation today turned to the subject of food shortages and what the U.S. will do to address wheat shortages in particular as a result of war? Then let's listen to this. Go ahead. Can you say whether this, uh, the conversation today turned to the subject of food shortages and what the U.S. will do to address wheat shortages in particular as a result of this war? With regard to food shortages, yes, we did re- re- talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And uh, because both uh, Russia and Ukraine have been the breadbasket of Europe in terms of wheat, for example, just give you one example. But we had a long discussion uh, in the G7 with uh, um, the. uh, All right, that's enough. This This is utterly nonsensical. Do you remember, ladies and gentlemen, for all I know, it's still going on that we produce an excess of wheat. We produce so much wheat that the government buys it. We produce so much wheat that it is processed and put into our fuel. We are wheat independent, if you will. Europe is not, but we certainly are. The fact that we don't get wheat or won't be getting wheat from Russia really is of no consequence to us. Russia doesn't feed the United States. This is a particularly interesting area where we actually feed ourselves for the most part. Yes, we import certain things. But wheat isn't one of them. Russia's economy is minuscule. Our agriculture is massive. Again, I want to point it out that we have significant production. The problem isn't the sanctions on Russia's economy. The problem is the sanctions on our economy by the dimwit who's in the Oval Office. It's called inflation. Inflation disrupts the market. Inflation drives up the cost of everything, drives down the value of the currency, and creates supply shortages. It disrupts the supply chain. It disrupts production. It disrupts research and development. It disrupts everything. Inflation is a cancer to an economy. Do you remember, ladies and gentlemen, the shelves began to be empty months ago. You remember the discussion about Christmas? I'm sorry. You won't be getting some of the toys that you may want and so forth. Remember the photos on the Internet by people using their iPhones and devices about empty shelves? Remember the store saying, oh, I'm sorry, only one package of toilet paper? All of that was coming back after the pandemic. Why? 
Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine then. There weren't economic sanctions on Russia. This is the Biden economy. I'm hearing commentators, analysts, all day long get this wrong. This is basic economics. This is what inflation does. It destroys an economic system. Russia's economy is too small, way too small to disrupt the world's economic systems. Ours is big enough to do exactly that. And when you have a meathead, a bonehead, as president of the United States and a political party that embraces American Marxism and the socialist economic activity associated with it, this is what you get. Inflation, rising gasoline prices, shortages, yes, food shortages. When you're at war with oil, how do you think you harvest food? You use tractors, you need fertilizer, all of them need oil. Oil, we were energy independent 16 months ago, 16 damn months ago. This has nothing to do with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That guy's a monster. He's a genocidal maniac. He's all those things. But Joe Biden and his party, with the vocal support and even celebration of his surrogates in the media, they did this to our country. They did it. They're responsible for it. We talked about what would happen with this this spending a year or so ago. I love these guys who say, you know, we got to focus on domestic issues, not what's going on in Ukraine. We have a lot to talk about. Where were they 12, 14 months ago? They didn't say squat about it. Not squat. It's too boring, the topic. Doesn't get ratings, you know. Yes, food shortages are going to be real, and they are real. This is what inflation does. And we are going to have a horrible recession. I predicted that, too. Again, not because I'm Nostradamus, but because I know economics. We are going to have a horrible recession. He will blame that on the war launched by Russia. They take responsibility for nothing. They drive up the price of gasoline, which is what they want to do. They blame Putin. They create shortages. They blame Putin. There's going to be food shortages. They blame Putin. Look how powerful Putin is. I've never seen anything like this before. He can reach into the American economic system and utterly destroy it. Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? Let me ask you a question. When Ronald Reagan took down the Soviet Union, did we have supply chain issues? Did we have food shortages? Did we have inflation? Did the price of food go through the roof? The price of gasoline go through the roof? No, why? Because Reagan embraced 
free market capitalism. The spigots were open. The production lines were open. Taxes were slashed. Regulations were slashed. Same thing under Trump. Slashed. You can't choke your own economy. You can't choke the golden goose and expect the golden goose to lay golden eggs while at the same time you're imposing sanctions on Russia. Inflation, redistribution of wealth, massive regulation, all of these things suffocate an economy. And as I sit here today, the Securities and Exchange Commission, I pointed this out the other day, but this is bad stuff, is violating its statutory authority, violating its statutory authority to impose climate change requirements reporting requirements on every publicly held business in America. Every single publicly held business in America. As I speak, they're outside lawyers, they're inside lawyers, they're auditors, they're treasurers, their financial people are all trying to figure out how to comply with this proposed rule that will be imposed on the American economic system not with a single vote of congress not with a single election the securities and exchange commission is now the plaything of the degrowth marxist movement that's how you kill an economic system that's how you kill business the democrat party and biden need to take 100 percent of the responsibility for this their war on energy independence and fossil fuels, the war on agriculture, the war on the currency, the war on the private sector. It has consequences, ladies and gentlemen. Russia only wishes it could do to our economy what Joe Biden and the Democrats have done to our economy. China only wishes it could do to our economy what Biden and the Democrats have done to our economy. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran only wishes... It could do to our economy what Biden and the Democrats have done to our economy. 